Back with us today after their live action short film, Night of Fortune, was nominated for an Academy Award. Writer-director Lassay, Noah, and producer Christian Norlick are now an Oscar-nominated director and producer. And they co-founded the production company, Jale Bear Production, in order to have more control in the making of their films and the control they have. Also with us today is six-time Oscar-nominated and two-time Oscar winner in the live-action short category, Kim Magnuson, also producer of Night of Fortune. And this Oscar-nominated short is about the loss of a loved one, the grief and a coffin that is too much for the main character, Carl, to face. And then Carl meets a gentleman, Torben. And this humorous and melodic meeting between two old men captured by grief shows the importance of being there for someone else. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Oscar-nominated director, let's say Noah, and Oscar-nominated producers, Christian Norlick and Kim Magnuson, and their Oscar-nominated short film, Night of Fortune, back to the show. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Glad wow. to be here again. Yeah. What, a, what an introduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, you really, gotta, you really got to bring it forward, you know. You know, have to bring the tie because we got to roll out the red carpet because forever you'll be known as Oscar, at least for this moment, Oscar-nominated director and producers, um, which is a very high honor. How does that make you feel now? It's uh, it's it's quite incredible and still hard to to understand. I gotta say, yeah, it's it's something that yeah, you just have to. It, it grows on you every day, yeah, and well, <laughs> hopefully. They'll have to pinch my arm, you know, but well, uh, hopefully I, one day I'll get it. <laughs> well, I saw the video that uh, you all posted online when your whole team watched the Oscar nominations being announced. Walk me through that life-changing day. It was uh, it was such a relief and such a real uh, celebration, a real emotion. Uh, we, we, we weren't uh, expecting it uh, at all, so... Uh, we were up against some uh, some some big giants and big big studios, big directors. So it was just uh, yeah, <laughs> amazing. As you can see in the film, it was <laughs> a very real, and real I, reaction. I, I want to say all credit to Kim because uh, both me and Lessa, we we didn't really want to have that event because <laughs> like we we just thought, given it all, like the chances like were so slim and to be there with so many people and you don't get on the list, which was a re very real possibility. So we really didn't want it. And then Kim uh, uh, called me and said, like, insisted that, like, if you're on that list, you'll regret forever if you don't have a moment with the crew, with the people supporting the film and everyone together. And uh, yeah, in the end, uh, he was totally right. Yeah, I was, I was actually considering just to Oh, both of us going in a summer house, just isolate somewhere. <laughs> but, no, uh, I, I, I agree with Kim. I agree yeah. with Kim. Everybody needs to be there because it, you know, it could, you know, for many people, it's just that once in a lifetime moment. And uh, Kim, first of all, how did uh, you meet, let's say, and Christian and to uh, collaborate on Night of Fortune? Uh, it actually goes back, I think, almost four years. I can't even remember when it started. It was pre-COVID, and uh, and then we had this um, we had this uh, kind of a funding scheme in Denmark where I was head of a jury that was selecting four shorts that was gonna be 
you know, getting a grant to produce. And basically the first thing I ever read from these guys, because I didn't know them at the time, it was all like a blind read. Uh, it was a three or five uh, sentence uh, or line, you know, uh, description of it. And I said to the to the people of the funding bodies, I said, this can go all the way out of those five lines. And then we began to go from there and we supported it and we began to develop it. And soon I think our relationship more from just being a kind of a jury member became much more personal between Les and Christian and I. And therefore, uh, very early on, we began to say, why don't we do this as a as a co-production, full-blown co-production? And of course, it's Chalabert and it's Christian and, and, and Lasse who are the nominees, as you also said. And there was no doubts about those were the two because of the rules of the Academy that you can only have two designated nominees in this category, which is a, which is a rule we need to change. Um, so uh, there was no uh, doubts that, of course, the two of them were the one to go forward if it came to this. And thank God it get, did go all the way. And they shot during COVID and I couldn't be on set there because we had to limit the people on set. And, uh, but otherwise it was a you know very collaborative um, uh, film to do together, you know, from script to editing, to post uh, distribution and all these things. Well, for you, Kim, what was it about Night of Fortune that interested you the most? I think that, as you just said very, very nicely in the introduction of the film, um, um, thank you, yes, for that. I've uh, been nominated many times before and also won a couple of those statues. So I think it's, it, it, I think it's my taste. And sometimes people say, how can you keep on doing this? And, uh, and, uh, uh, and, and I'm saying, I don't know. Maybe I just have the taste of the broader academy. I don't know. But, uh, but it's, a, it's a taste and a feeling that I felt like this film is so sharp and it's, you know, it's all in, in, in a small period of time. It really does fulfill this st whole story about uh, grief and sorrow and come together and warmth and friendship that develops out of something which, you know, and it's still rounded. And when we leave those characters, I feel at least I'm fulfilled. I don't need to see what's going on in the next hour of their lives or, you know, in a, in a full, you know, feature length of this. I really do feel that the story has been told very nicely. And I think that's what the short film uh, category can do and the short films per se in, you know, is really all about. And uh, of course, it's all about raising new talents and getting on with that. So I'm just happy that we're here together. You know, uh, you have been nominated six times. And like you just said, you have won an Oscar twice. So what kind of advice have you given to both of these uh, gentlemen uh, prior to prior to attending the Academy Awards on March 10th? I have to say, we almost haven't gotten around to talk about that yet because now we're going to be in New York uh, uh, the next couple of days and then in Los Angeles after that for the very, you know, uh, uh, informal, but I think one of the greatest events of the whole Oscar thing is the Oscar luncheon on Monday, which is a very informal thing where you actually, everybody is nominated together. Everybody is on the same level. There's no uh, there's no uh, differences between the biggest stars and the smallest filmmakers. Everybody's sitting there together on the tables, and it's really really a nice venue. And you really it, that's I always say to people if you can only attend one thing at the you know during the Oscars 
things. I mean, of course, if you're not nominated, but if you have a crew or a friend or somebody that can come with you, to be at the luncheon, I think, is the most spectacular thing uh, of the whole Oscar because it really is about being there for filmmakers who are all nominated together. And it's not about campaigning. It's not, yeah, of course it's campaigning because everybody is running around trying to get votes from each other. But it's not about, you know, who has that dress on and things like that. It's not like all the big stars on the front rows and then the rest of us in the back and all these things. So people are really standing there together. And, and, and so we haven't really talked so much about the Oscars. I've told them a little about it. And I will tell them much more when we have some time together in New York and Los Angeles now so they can begin to prepare for the whole thing coming March 10th. Well, it, it's already got me excited. And let's say in Christian, for those who, have may, who may have not seen our first interview, tell everyone what Night of Fortune is about. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah. Night of Fortune is about... Um, yeah, you just you just fell out, but but I, but I heard your question. Not a fortune is about Carl that comes to the the, the morgue to see his deceased uh, wife for the first time, and he can't really cope with that. Um, so he's in this denial state, and he can't really open the coffin to see her. So he instead he sort of um, uh, disturbs himself by doing other things. For example, fixing a lamp that he ends up breaking. And then he flees to the toilet uh, where he meets uh, Torben, the other main character in the film. And these two go on a journey together. <laughs> it's on an outer journey and an inner journey. And, and they form a sort of a friendship. And that becomes sort of the heart in the story. I'm not going to reveal so much more, but uh, yeah. Yeah, well, many people can watch our first interview, which reveals a little bit more, but without giving giving it away. But definitely the essence is there. Uh, you know, I spent time, rewatched the film again for this interview. And one of the things I learned was we all need to extend a loving hand to those who may be going through the loss of a loved, a loved one alone and to be there uh, to share in their grief. Uh from both of you, or maybe all three of you, what are some of the stories the audiences uh, have told you once they've seen your film? Yeah, as, as I think it's maybe I told you the last time, but but, but we were at the Clermont Ferrand at the film festival, and this young guy he comes up to me and um, he said he, he he hadn't tried crying and laughing so much at the same time that was so new to him. And now he was going to call his uh, his um, grandmother because he had just lost his grandfather and she had lost his his husband uh, or her husband. So um, and and ask her if if she was okay. And that was that is sort of the point in the film. Like you said, you know, reach out and uh, be there for for each other um, in 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 loss and in the pain. Um, so. That was that was quite incredible to me, and that, that was just one of the things we experienced uh, along the way. Yeah, yeah, we've had, like in general, <laughs> I would say the the, the reception watching this because that was something that we we were a bit, um, let's say, excited about, uh, and maybe a bit nervous as well. It's like um, the, the 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 Danish humor in this, the, the dark comedy that 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 we love, and and uh, we were kind of not afraid but kind of just curious as to what that would look like in france or in the us or like 
Eastern Europe, like, so I think when we then went and we saw and we heard, because the reactions in the theater, they don't think about that the filmmakers are there. They will just react to whatever they see. And and with Night of Fortune, it's just been like we, we, we say we always say like when we have Q&A's and stuff and and we're kind of nervous before that, it's always the best if we can watch our film uh, in that uh, with the audience before the Q&A, because like it, it kind of gives us confidence because people respond to it and they respond to it by by you know tearing up or or being sentimental but they also react by laughing which is like kind of the underlying theme is like the feelings you feel in grief can be can go from laughter to to like profound sadness and and that's okay like there's no right or wrong here and i think that's been really affirming that the the the, the dream of the film when we started years ago is is kind of come into fruition just by the, the way the audience reacts. Well, what is one of the most common questions you get from the Q&A? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, I think uh, where does the story come from? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's probably one of the, 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 the main uh, main questions. Yeah. And uh, like I said to you the first time we had an interview, uh, I went through loss and um, at the point when I when I wrote it, uh, and I was at the morgue uh, sometimes, and it's not a very pleasant place to say the least. And I was fortunate, and we were fortunate that we had friends, we had family to sort of take care and be there for each other in the grief. But I was thinking, what if you didn't have that? What if you had to go through this uh, all by yourself, like so many people do, uh, especially when you get elder? <clears throat> and also, it was inspired by my grand grandfather. Um, one of the people I lost were, were my grandmother. So I got to spend some time with my grandfather, and he's sort of this trying to remain strong guy, right? He's not going to ask for help, and he's uh, he's also a practitioner. He he prefers to do things or, or help others, but but um, he's not going to uh, open up about how he's feeling. Um, and he's gotten better with time, and 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 that has that has helped him through uh, his grief. Um, talking about my grandmother because it sort of keeps her memory alive, right? So, and that's something he has he has learned through the the grief, and also a great inspiration uh, for for this film, of course. You know, <clears throat> you touched on every emotional element in this film, especially when you having Carl going through. The passing passing of his wife alone, and he's struggling with his grief. He's trying to find something to either avoid the grief or take his mind off the grief, which is why he stares at that that flickering broken light in the oh. very opening scene. And <clears throat> and I'm and I'm sure that people who do go through grief alone are looking for something to cling to. And for Carl, yeah, he was just focusing on that light. That was just something he felt that he could actually control. Exactly. You, I think you're going to stay, you're going to uh, try to uh, seek for this sort of control that you, cause you know, it's, it's chaos when you lose. Right. So when you, you're going to try to sort of get some control in your life. And for Carl, it's, it's uh, it's the lamb because he knows he, he can fix this lamb, and he ends up of course he ends up destroying it. But but yeah yeah yeah. So that's that's. But that's right. also the that's what I love about that scene. It's also 
like that's kind of the thing. It's like, you, okay, so you can fix the lamp. And but Carl ended up breaking the lamp. It's like also telling him, no, you should be focusing on 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 like coming to terms with the grief, like open the coffin, saying your goodbyes, doing that instead of fixing the lamp. It kind of has a consequence for him that he tries to fix the the little things instead of focusing on on the the major thing, right? So I also it, like the the subtle little um, yeah thing there. Well, the other thing, and I said this in our last interview, I thought one of the the perfect setup of the scene and, and the cinematography was so great to where here's Carl trying to, he's reaching up, he's trying to fix this, this lamp because it's his way of trying to escape grief for the moment. But the way that you positioned the coffin in the scene covering end to end of the frame and basically blocking Carl where there's no way to escape the grief. You will have to turn around and face it. And, you know, and I've seen that, that frame shot all over Instagram. And it is a very poignant, silent moment that hopefully the audience uh, understood what that meant. Mm. I think we're like that's all a, a, a credit to to uh, another lesser uh, his namesake uh, our our DOP, which we have we have known and worked with him for many years, and I think uh, him and Lesser the way they like he he is a guy that wants to 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 just spend uh, a few days with Lesser just talking just talking about not necessarily the the technicalities of of where to put the camera and why but more like. So, so why, you know, uh, is Lessa telling the story and, and what are we trying to achieve? And then after that, setting up frame by frame, like, okay, so we're going to use that. For instance, another example is we have a jib arm that we use um, and in, in, we don't use it a lot. Um, and that's all, always like to, to a, a producer is like, okay, if we're going to spend that much money on a jib arm like you, let's use it a lot, right? But, but I think that's where, where he comes in is like, we're going to use it there and there because like that will story-wise um, uh, make make sense and make the most impact. And that's like, I, I think he, he's uh, fantastic to to work with and, and watch the way he works on set. Yeah, so, I also so, like yeah. the way that you framed your shots with Carl and Torben. You framed them close, um, I guess signifying the fact that they have to face the grief but I also like the way that with Carl and Torben, their grief was a bit mirrored, but the result was really not identical to one another. The grief a bit was, and I don't want to give it away for those that have not seen this film, because Torben <laughs> plays a very, very vital part in this whole story. And so I don't want to give that away. But I love the way that you wrote it. You filmed this with brilliance, is what you did. And uh, I have to ask, what were what were uh, Leif and Jen's reactions to being in an Oscar-nominated short film? <laughs> um, they were happy about it. Yeah, <laughs> especially especially Leif. Yeah, well, he, he's, he's a funny guy. Yeah, he's a funny he's, guy. He's a funny yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah, and he lives in Sweden, so we don't we don't see him that often actually, and he's not very much on on social medias but he did post yeah one or two things and i i think he he was was it bob dylan he was 
saying that that, that was the <laughs> guy that got him into acting or something like yeah. that. Uh, so so he was so grateful for him, and now he had been nominated for an Oscar. It, it was so big for him. But he he's a funny guy. Yeah. Sure. He, he wrote he wrote less uh, like uh, when we got the nomination. He wrote yeah. less like a very simple message. He wrote ha ha ha. We're gonna win. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That, that was with the shortlist, yeah. actually. With yeah. shortlist, so he was really believing that it, it, we we were gonna make it, and he 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 ended up being right. Um, and of well, course, uh, yeah. Night of Fortune yeah. is definitely, in my mind, a very strong front runner for an Oscar because it has all the elements to win. So, for all three of you gentlemen, are you nervous yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, very nervous. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is so new. We haven't, just... <laughs> let me say, we haven't had time. We're very proud to be nominated. Yeah. Like that, we already feel like we we won. Yeah, right. So it's not like we we're not gonna be sad on the tenth right. if we don't get it. Like if if we see Wes Anderson up on that stage, <laughs> it's like we're gonna be fine. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, for sure. No, Wes isn't gonna be up there. <laughs> You don't think? Hopefully not. But also, yeah. I'm just saying, coming back. Yeah, go ahead. Coming back to the lunch. Go, coming back to the lunch, and I mean, that's what it's all about. And you know, that's the, one of the first thing when Janet Jang is gonna hold her speech and welcome everybody <laughs> sitting there. She's gonna say, "You're all winners in this room today because this is all about uh, uh, celebrating filmmakers and uh, and the life of films, and everybody should see themselves as winners." And then, of course. Sadly, uh, on the day of March 10th, only one film or one person will be named in each category, but everybody should feel like winners. And I, I'm, I'm, you know, and that's what I've at least have been saying to the guys from the beginning. If we come this far, then we have won. And now the next thing we have to relax, enjoy. And of course, hopefully, we hope your worship will be there so we can go on that stage and receive these great golden statues. Well, Kim, let me ask you, if Night of Fortune wins the Oscar for Best Live Action Short, what will that mean yes. for, let's say, in Christian's uh, film career? It will mean a lot because that's, you know, I think that's some of the things we have to discuss. And, and of course, that's also something they're going through already because, of course, people have reached out, agents, managers, and all that. So I'm at least giving my support to kind of navigate that. But, of course, if uh, we were so great, uh, fortunate enough to win then of course everybody will want to work with uh, us or them or lesser of course especially being the writer director there's more focus on the creative part than the the producer part but still as you heard and as you said yourself from the beginning they co-founded jalabar they are friends from high school so i also hope and believe that their journeys will continue uh, as i did with some uh, my last win uh, the director and I, we went on to do a big American movie after that. Uh, so uh, I think that's some of the things that could be in the works. But of course, just having their feet stand grounded in back home in Jutland, where they're from, which is another part of Denmark, where they're a little like, take it easy. We're not, you know, but we're trying, you know, pushing that envelope a little. So they also have to be more out there and say, okay, this is great. This is big. They are nominated to an Oscar. Not very many people in the world have ever done that. And very few are going to have and receive an Oscar. So if we come that far, of course, we have to celebrate. And then we have to, uh, Lasse and Will, 
let's say this, I mean, at least here in this interview, everything, the doors are open for them in, in Tinseltown to do whatever they want to do. I agree. I agree. And uh, for you, let's say, and Christian, are you hometown heroes right now? Yeah, you can say that. <laughs> it's, it's been quite special. It's, yeah. it's a very small, like, uh, the, the area we're from is where, um, like, the biggest thing is Lego, is where Lego was founded, right? So that's where the, the city Lesser was born, but the, the kind of the area, we live 10 kilometers away from each other. So it's, it's, it's a small place, but we can definitely feel, like, it's different. Like, because we get messages from, uh, like, preschool friends that we haven't talked to for 20 years you know are writing us now saying congratulations we're proud of you and it's like so and we've never tried that and it's not like i feel like we've had a career without any ups because we've had many ups but but nothing come comes close to what we're experiencing now no. well is night of fortune still available on the new yorker website for the public to see it or um yes it is kim Yes, it's available. And it will be touring starting February 16. It will be touring the world with uh, Shorts TV uh, release of all the 15 nominated short film in the three different categories, live action, animation, and documentaries on this uh, World Tour Theatrical, which is a great, great way to capture for audience to come to your local cinema and capture those uh, films because it's really, it's really gems that are out there. So I would say to everybody who has a local theater where they're going to run it, go there and um, and go and see the films. It's much better on the big screen, but otherwise uh, the New Yorkers um, uh, screening side is available on. Yeah, I also understand that uh, all of the films are going to be shown about in about 700 theaters uh, for, well, especially for all of the voting members and even the public to go finally see these films that everybody's been talking about. Yeah, that was the one I just mentioned. It's starting February 16, I believe, that they will be starting, you know, all over the world, I think, starting in America, and then they will touring. So basically it has come out uh, most part of the world before the Academy Award happens. So basically this month, four weeks leading up to the Academy Awards, all the it will be around in the world. Well, let me ask, what, for all three of you, what are your plans after the Oscars, or will that depend if your names are announced as the winner? Yeah, yeah, I think that that depends. I think <laughs> we, we will still stay for a few days. Yeah, yeah that's the yeah. plan. Oh, have, like Kim said, these meetings that we're going to have uh, to see where, like, what, what the next steps will be. We've kind of taken a step backwards. Uh, so we had a plan before all of this, and that's just been thrown in the trash, and 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 now we just kind of go with the flow with all these new like opportunities that that are coming our way. Well, so we'll I'm, stay for maybe or so, yeah, yeah, more. Well, I am very excited for all three of you. Uh, it's well deserved. Uh, like I said, the, the film has all the elements. Uh, the, ladies and gentlemen, the Oscar shortlisted live action. Well, I should say the Oscar nominated live action short film night of fortune again as kim just said it is available to see right now on the new yorkers website and much praise to the new yorker for being a great supporter of short films and it's a great place to see those uh and again ladies and gentlemen this is the film night of fortune
It's wonderful. It's brilliant. It's excellent from start to finish, from the acting to the writing, the cinematography, and it absolutely deserves its Oscar nomination. And it, again, it's a wonderful film. And if you are one dealing with loss and the feelings of grief, this film could provide a bit of understanding, a bit of comfort, and even a bit of laughter. And again, Night of Fortune is a very strong front runner to win the best live action short category at this year's Oscars. So Academy members, when you're watching and listening, please watch this film. Vote with your heart when you watch all of the films. But I can say this, as I said, and I'll say it over and over again, this film is a front runner in that category. And, uh, and I think the independents this year truly have the edge when it comes to quality on all fronts in their films above the big massive studios. So gentlemen, uh, get the, I know you, you're getting those tuxes ready and get that bow tie on because I know that uh, it's going to be not only a wonderful luncheon, it's going to be a wonderful night on March 10th. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're yeah. looking forward. Yeah. Thank you. You're very welcome. And I will say this. Uh, if your names are called on March 10th, you got to come back and you got to show me that Oscar. We're going to give you a call. Yeah, we will. Sure. That's a deal. <laughs> yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, go to the New Yorker website. Watch Night of Fortune. When you watch this film, you're going to feel, feel the exact same way I do. It is definitely Oscar worthy. It is an Oscar front runner. And again, ladies and gentlemen, you can catch all of the replays of our interviews with the top film directors, producers, and screenwriters, as well as actors. And more, not only on our YouTube channel, but our brand new website, bondoncinema.com. Uh, we are also available on a dozen audio platforms as well. So I want to thank you for watching and listening. And as for me, I hope to see you not only at the movies, but also from the red carpet.